I love a beautiful lawn. You love a beautiful lawn. Everybody loves a beautiful lawn, but they don't love how long it takes and how difficult it can be. And that is where True Green comes into play because it's the easiest and most affordable way to get that beautiful lawn. Let's be real. You've got plenty of other things to do in your free time than focus on your lawn care. So let True Green take care of all of that hard work while you get to do everything else that you want to do like go play golf. Here's what you need to do. Visit truegreen.com. Okay. It allows you to do you let them do the lawn care. And if you visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, that is all guaranteed. You can trust true green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA tour. They offer a satisfaction guarantee and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. It's truegreen.com. Get started now. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's FedEx St. Jude Championship. It's the playoffs. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald is here. Patrick, hello to you. What's going on, gang? And look, it's the first playoffs on CBS. You got a smaller field. You know, a lot of people don't like, you know, a lot of people give playoffs a little crap, but we've never seen the playoffs in this form or shape. So I'm excited. Mark Immelman is here. We've got you, Mark, before you head to Memphis. I do. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, is this, uh, Patrick, is this a Desi? Uh, how, how, do we, how do we name this thing? Oh, Mark, 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 with the well, new schedule coming out and yeah, everything. There's, look, there's no cut and it's a limited field. It's a Siggy. It's a Siggy. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're ripping Sigs now. No more Desis. <laughs> Good to be with you guys, Rick. Uh, Kyle Porter is here, fresh off a, I'm sure, very relaxing vacation where all you did was lay around and do nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The kids weren't up at 6 a.m., didn't go to bed at midnight. Yeah, it was, no, it was, it was, it was. I mean, as people watching who have kids now, it's not it's not, it's an adventure more than a vacation. But it was great. It was great to get offline for a week, go fish. Went fishing every day, which was awesome. Uh, got beat in putt putt. We played putt putt with handicaps, which was uh, which was tough. I was I was the scr- I was the scratch. I was the zero, and I got smoked by like th- two of my kids. So that was a tough scene. Shame. Kyle, have you uh, have you taught your children aim point yet? <laughs> no but i did take my uh lacc water bottle that i got at the us open and i rick fowler did on the putt putt course i just i just dragged it around everywhere and put it next to the tee box what was in uh said water bottle was it oh uh, not at all it, it in our house we call it daddy juice all right it's what my kids call it so <laughs> yeah was not birdie juice though, according to no, uh, no lack of uh, winning. Uh, Mark, you know, I I was going to avoid this, but the chat is calling for your head. Oh, um, no. So we have to we have to talk about what in the world happened on Sunday because our guy Russell Henley was rolling. He was. I, I thought I saw they were engraving his name on the trophy. It was over. A little bit of weather rolls in, and you. You intervened and you ruined his opportunity to win a golf event. Would you like? Uh, you guys are class. I wish I had as much power as what your silly tweet was making it out to be, which I, I must tell you, when I got to the green room and I saw that, I did laugh. And so I texted you, I'm like, you're a clown. <laughs> and, and, and then, um, look, <laughs> I didn't even, re- I was with Russell the whole day. We barely said five words to each other. He was it really honestly in the zone. And then, we get to, we knew it was about to get uh, delayed before the horn was blown. Gary Young, one of the lead officials, comes over to our group and he goes, look, um, they're going to blow it. 
And I look at him, I'm like, how long? And he goes, just have the guys sit tight, just mark their balls. And then I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to get the word out. So then he tells Ben Arn, who lets Russell know, and guys start marking balls as the horn goes. You could see him sort of fixing to get ready. And so I'm just standing there, kind of hanging around, talking to my on-course guy, Craig. And Russell comes walking over and he goes, howdy, neighbor. And I was like, what's up? And I shake his hand. But apparently that had somehow got on camera, which I was not planning for it to do. Then you did your best Kyle Porter and got the screenshot of the thing. And then you zoomed in on my face, which was... <laughs> I was you know what? I was more concerned with my dad belly showing in that shot over there than anything else. And then you turned this viral. And now apparently I should have two asterisks by my name. You, you guys, you're trying, you're trying everything right now. I, look, I can understand it because it's playoffs time. But but uh, it's, this is going too far now. Yeah, true 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 game true gamesmanship. Well, uh, Mark, before you even made an appearance, Patrick and I were already you know we were fuming, we were nervous, we were scared in the group chat. We didn't know what was going to happen because we needed Russell Henley to win. And when we saw you pop up, we we just we we just said stay away from our guy. <laughs> I will say this: um, when we came back out, that four iron he hit. Look, he had a number of good shots the whole weekend. That four iron he hit. We went to break shortly thereafter, and all of our announcers basically go, all right, this is one-way traffic, because that was comfortably the best shot of the day. And I was surprised at the putty hit. But then um, after things just went diabolic, I mean, that, that lie you had was despicable on 16. Then on 17, look, he had a weak tee shot. But for that ball to get that lie and he didn't get relief, um, that, that was admirable by him. And so it was very unfortunate. And then I, my producer comes on the uh, headset and he goes, look, Mark, I'm going to need you to get the loser interview. And I was like, oh, this is the worst thing to do. I had to do Denny McCarthy, who was had tears in his eyes at the memorial. I mean, these are just not fun. And Russell is sort of a friend, okay? <laughs> so I hustle over the uh, way to the scoring area there and I'm waiting outside for him. And he comes up and we record the interview because it wasn't guaranteed to make air. And so my producer goes, we need to sort of know about those two lies, please. And I was like, geez, I was going to ask him anything except for that stuff. So I said, look, Russ, um, you were great for basically, you know, 68 holes. And then the finish, 69 holes, and the finish was kind of disastrous. But what two bad lies? And he comes to me and he looks at me sort of really straight in the eyes. And he goes, honestly, I was really jittery coming back after the delay. He goes, my swing felt out of sync. I didn't feel good mentally. He goes, I just was out of time. You know, things weren't as smooth as what they were. So to me, it sounded like it was one of those situations where the break was good for some and bad for others, which oftentimes happens. Yeah. Just unfortunate for us that it happened at that time. Yeah, the break, the break always makes me nervous. You never know what direction guys are going to go in uh, when they get themselves a break. I have, I have a question. Maybe you guys... Maybe you guys already addressed this on Sunday, but is Russell Henley going to be on the Ryder Cup team? No. Mm -mm. I, okay. I think if he if he would have won that tournament, the, the case would have been viable. But where is he I, in the rankings? I don't think so. He is currently. Oh, I he's twentieth. Here's our dinner time conversation from last week. It was sort of calculated that because Zach didn't offer JT an assistant captainship, that that's basically signaling that Justin Thomas is going to be on the team. What say you? Man. I'm, I'm, I, more, every day I, I, have feel, that there. I feel like he's going to be on the team because I've, I've heard what Zach Johnson has said, how he has kind of built this excuse structure for Justin Thomas. I think he's going to be on the team. Rick, myself, does not think he should, but I believe he will be on the team. There's so uh, many Patrick. guys. Sorry, sorry, Carl, real fast, and you can go. There, there's so many guys that are deserving of the spots. Now, look, I understand he's got a big reach. He's he's kind of the the heartbeat of the team, if you will. Him and Spieth, they're the elder statesmen essentially in the locker room there, and he and Jordan pair up so well, almost guaranteed for. Uh, how many matches do they play together? Three mat, three points or something. So he's guaranteed to get you at least two and a half. So. So I think that's part of the explanation that will be had if he does indeed get the captain's pick. Patrick, I've got I've got a stat here for you. You ready for this? Let me have it. You'll you'll enjoy this. So there have been five guys over the last two years that have been in the top twelve on the U.S. side in strokes gained 
at three months for the last three months, the last six months, the last 12 months and the last 24 months. So those are like your kind of your time frames. And there's only been five guys that have been in the top 12. So like the, the team essentially in strokes gained in each of those time frames. Can you name those five guys? Uh, Patrick Cantlay. Yes. Scotty Scheffler. Yes. Dustin Xander. Johnson. Xander Scheffler. What is it? Three, six, and nine months or three, six, nine, and 12? Three, six, three, six, 12, 24. So, two, so oh. the last two years. Basically, since the last Ryder Cup. Morikawa. Morikawa is number four. Fee now. Russell Henley. Ooh. See how I mean, he does? He, he brought it full circle. Wow. But, but here's the thing, Kyle. You, you're making this a strokes wow. game thing. Rick, you need to do this on rickrungood.com. Okay. What do you need? Figure me a statistic that can measure this stuff when oh, you've got 18 wow. holes of match play. When, 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 it's, when it's on the line, uh, the sphincter tightening syndrome. Figure that out for me, and that's who I'm going with. Stroke gain goes out the window. Those guys are so nervous on the first tee. Just getting club on ball sometimes is a feat. Yeah, and, and I think to the Russell point, Freddie Couples did kind of hint. He was on a serious XM show where he pretty much named. He was like, Max Oma's on the team. Cameron Young's on the team. I'm unconvinced about Cam Young, by the way. Unconvinced. But, I mean, to, to them, they must love the fit for Marco Simone, what he can do off the tee. You're losing a driver like Dustin Johnson. you got to replace him somehow. It seems like Cameron Young could fit that bill. But if it's as tight as what I'm led to believe, that place, and how they're going to set it up, someone like Cameron Young is slicing him off at the kneecaps, and his wedge game is diabolical right now. I mean, him with a wedge in the hand is just not good at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I've been, as you guys know, I've been just – just pouring over these numbers and these players for the last three days since I got back two days, I'm unconvinced of Cam Young. And I'm, I've like kind of taught myself into Finau being on the team, Patrick. I, I think, I think one thing that's fascinating about all this, it Finau is, I think 19th in the rankings or 17th or some, something that's not good, 19. but the, the rankings are more volatile this year than, and I think we talked about this, Rick, but like they're more volatile this year than they've ever been because of the Desi's, right? You've got the, the money is just really weird and they didn't, they didn't change the rankings to reflect that when they, when they change the money for the designated events. So I don't, I think this is a weird year where Zai Johnson gets a little bit of a pass to say like, ah, the rankings were weird this year. And we, I don't, I don't know. I think it's going to be a real, I, like I'm really interested to see how this goes. Cause I think it, it could be more volatile or it could be, it could go more differently than we think than in previous years. Uh, oddly enough, I have come full circle on fee now as well. You th- last over the last year, he has four wins. Imagine yeah. winning four times in 12 months and not making the Ryder Cup team that year. I know. He was one of the few guys who who was a bright spot in Paris. Yep. And and then he he loved the arena there at Whistling Straits as well. So I granted I have about 18 to 20 players on my Ryder Cup team <laughs> as is, but Me too. Finau is currently you know, around tw- – I'd put him at 12. I'd, I'd put Tony Finau on the team. I have two Ryder Cup teams. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Zach Johnson is in a lose-lose. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not great. He Not only does he have the to live or not to live questions, but he has the – to JT or not to JT? How am I going to leave Finau off of this? If I, it is Keegan. It, he's got a Keegan problem. Ke- it, Keegan hasn't been good. And it doesn't matter how competitive it is. It doesn't matter that it's been 30 years. If they lose, it's like going to be Zach Johnson's fault for who didn't make the team. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and look, I know you guys probably talked about it Sunday evening when I was traveling back, but Bryson shooting 58 to win. That's real. I know the golf course is easy, but that, that shows some heart. I mean, he basically made all threes and a four on the front nine, and then to finish with four birdies to close, that was clutch. That was a clutch well, performance. Listen, you can talk me into Bryson. Too. I mean, this. The, uh, I think what's interesting about this, and I'll, we can talk about something else, Rick, although I would talk about this for the next hour, 
But what's interesting is you've almost got so many guys that I wonder if ZJ gets a little bit of a pass to say, listen, this was so close between eight guys that I'm going, and this speaks to Mark's point, I'm going with the guys that it's like chips are down. I need somebody in the last three matches on Sunday in Europe where we haven't won in 30 years. Do I want Denny McCarthy or do I want Justin Thomas? And that sucks for Denny McCarthy, and it's probably unfair to him, but the decision is not going to be Denny McCarthy. I'm just using him. You could throw in Henley. You could throw in JT Poston. You could throw in a bunch of guys that are playing good golf. And at the end of the day, you're like, I want JT and Finau. If we go down, we're going down with JT and Finau and whoever you know else is in that group and not Denny McCarthy and Russell Henley. Now, you can argue against that, but I'm just saying like that's probably going to be the way that it goes. Just to throw a little fuel on your Denny McCarthy fire. Remember the John Deere? He was grouped with Zach Johnson, and he was a few over through the first nine. And then from there, basically blitzed the golf course for like 17 birdies or something in the next 36 holes in front of Zach Johnson, which was uh, – so, yeah, it's – I don't want to be – I wouldn't want to be Zach Johnson right now. That's one thing for certain. It's a nice sentiment that uh, maybe Zach Johnson will get a pass, but that is not how sport works. That is not how- <laughs> It's not how American sport works. It is not when you're sure. favorite. Uh, it is not reasonable discourse. Uh, he will be blamed if they do not win this Ryder Cup. Uh, all right. The schedule's out. The new schedule's out. 2024 schedule officially been released. And the numbers, 36 regular season events. We're going to stick with the three playoff events and the eight big boys. They are not called elevated events. They are not called designated events. They are now called signature events going along with the players championship and for majors patrick that makes up the meat of the 2024 schedule which also includes another big bump to that fedex cup champion up to 25 million dollars gosh these guys are just off so so bad you really have to feel for them by the way, Patrick, $25 million. $25 million is like what Tiger earned in his entire FedEx Cup bonus career. Just a heads up, I'm saving Rory McIlroy for the 24 Tour Championship. Yeah, good, good idea. Good idea. This is, this is the, 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 especially with the calendar year, uh, back to the calendar year schedule, Patrick, this is basically, you know, the biggest shakeup, the biggest change that we've had in quite some time. Yeah, especially when you think about those eight signature events being 70 to 80 players and the different pathways, which I'm, I'm sure we'll touch on and how to get into those. I think, one, there, there are plenty of pathways for players to get into those events. John Rom talked about it today at his press conference. He was one of those players who was pushing against the four sponsors exemptions that each tournament has. He, he does not believe in those. I tend to agree with him as well that, look – it's going to reward the hot hand where you have the next 10 and the swing five. It sounds like the hundred from succession, the newsletter thing that Kendall Roy is trying to make some of these names, but there are so many ways to get into it from the top 50 in the FedEx cup rankings this year to playing well in the fall, playing well over a month stretch, being top 30 in the world, winning once gets you in as well. So I think they've done, the cadence around the U.S. Open is really the only pushback I would have, but it's kind of tough when uh, you know you want to have eight signature events. I'm excited for Pebble again. What they've done to that tournament, where uh, the amateurs are going to be cut loose after the 36 holes, they're pushing it down to only two courses instead of three. Uh, you know, prime time on the East Coast here. It could be for great viewing. We haven't seen a great field at Pebble Beach since the 2019 U.S. Open. So uh, that was the big change, them getting signature status instead of the WM Phoenix Open, which I think will be fine just as it's the WM Phoenix Open. People are going to want to play. It's going to be a party. It's going to be fun. Uh, but for me, the, the one real thing I looked at, and they had the problem this year as well, was around the U.S. Open. They moved the Memorial with the RBC Canadian Open. So the Memorial precedes the U.S. Open immediately. Then you have the travel after that. It, it's just it's a big three week stretch uh, for these guys. Memorial so, Pinehurst is a is a bloodbath. Like that's that's nasty. Yeah. So KP, the eight signature events, um, the century, 
no longer called the Tournament of Champions because it's not a Tournament <laughs> of Champions. It, it hasn't been for like three years, though. I, I actually, this is actually, I like this. I usually hate it I, when they change names of things and like do and like get rid of. This is this is actually smart to do this for Maui. Yeah. Um, so that'll kick us off. That That's a no-cut event. The others with no-cut will be Pebble, RBC Heritage, Wells Fargo, Travelers. The... 36 hole cuts in signature events will be Riviera Genesis API that's at Bay Hill and the Memorial. Yeah. Maybe Josh can just, I, I had a tweet about this yesterday where I just kind of gave a thumbs up and thumbs down to different um, events and like things that sort of played out with this. Uh, if he could pull that up, that'd be awesome. But I listen, like this is complicated stuff. It's, it's a logistical freaking nightmare, right. To like try to figure all this out. And uh, you're moving a bunch. Of, I mean, usually like we used to get excited about one change in a year. Right. And now it's like, they're changing so many different things at the same time. So I want to, I want to preface any criticism by saying like, I know this is difficult. Uh, I, I think that tournament of champion or <laughs> the century is great. And starting January one with a clean FedEx cup number slate is, is very good. I think, you know, Patrick touched on this, the, the paths into signature events, like that's really good because it, it, it's a merit. It, it makes it more of a meritocracy. Love Tory finishing on Saturday. Love Pebble not having AMs on the weekend. I think the things that stink are the thing that Rom said today. Like I, the sponsor invites into these signature events. It's like, wait a second. So it's a meritocracy, but like, what are those sponsor invites for? Justin Thomas. Okay. Do we need four of them? Uh, Hold on. Let's, what about let's, Tiger Woods? let's strip it down. That'd be two. On. Sure. On the surface, why would sponsors why would sponsors want to have a say in players in the field? I mean, Justin Justin Thomas, I think. No, is, but is, I'm saying like I'm saying like names aside, right? Like this has been going on for decades, right? Why do sponsors want to be able to choose players who compete? Well, if you're like say the RBC Heritage, and you have RBC guys that aren't going to be in the field, okay. So, or, you, so that they'll come back when brand. okay the, so they'll come back when they're stars right build like relationships with with potentially younger players to keep them coming back which they think will help with future sales right yeah but um, it's, it's also needle moving rick i mean if, if you've got some star that's not in one of these fields then you extend the invites and there's, there are other benefits that are involved it's enticing i mean throughout throughout the year Tournament directors are visiting other events and leaving gifts and stuff in players' lockers and things like that to entice them to say, yo, uh, come visit us on the Calabogie Sound next year. Um, I know it's just a, it's not just a, um, uh, an elevated desig signature event, whatever it is, but they're always trying to field build because the better the field is, the better the ratings right. are. The better the ratings are, the more this purse to be made um and it's it's really in the end about relationship building and ratings on television well and, and something I guess, is, I guess my point is kp to bring it back to that to bring it back to kind of where you were originally going with that i, I think like 99 per percent of sponsors invites over the years have been worthless right they're not moving the needle they're not for for every jordan spieth there are 500 guys that never do anything. There are guys that won the event 15 years ago that do not move the needle. I don't, I don't, I don't think in this current ecosystem, I don't under, fully understand why sponsors invites even exist. Patrick, do you, do you, yes. I mean, it, listen, if you want to make a tiger woods, like, like literally a tiger woods rule. So the tiger can get into tournaments. If you've won, if, if you've won 80 or more events, you can play anything you want whenever you want. <laughs> but it's, but it's like, man, should should isn't the whole point of this so that Justin Thomas isn't in the event? Like, like, and I don't mean that at, like, of course I want to watch Justin Thomas play pebble, but if you are the true meritocracy and it's like, well, but if you're, if you're a big enough name, then it's like kind of not a true meritocracy. Right. And I yeah. think, I think one thing that's interesting that Rom said today, I don't know if you have the quote, Patrick, but he said, I hope they use those sponsor exemptions in 
in the right way or they go to the right people and it goes to people that are like, or it goes to players that are like close to making it. And I disagree with that. I actually think it should go the other way and go to guys like uh, your Ludwig Abergs, your Gordon Sargents that are like, they're unable to qualify for the tournament, but they they bring in like a certain amount of attraction and uh, right. entertainment. It's like Michael Thor Bjornsson. Sorry, Rick. That's okay. In in the Travelers last year, yes, the yeah. kid finished T four. That was sick. It, it, the Travelers is have they've always done a great job of extending it to young stars. Uh, David in the chat said Ben James, a Connecticut kid from UVA this year and Thorne Bjornston was in the field as well. So I totally agree. It shouldn't go to, you know, whoever is 83rd on that list. If that's, uh, you know, I just know Ben Griffin 70th this week. So if that's a Ben, a ben Griffin over, over a Gordon Sargent, uh, I, I don't really agree with that. So th- this week is important, Mark, because getting into next week, top 50 gets you into all of this, right? So if you are in the top 50, you make the BMW championship, you're in every signature event. The other ways that you can get in what they're calling as the next 10, I'll probably trademark that. They should trademark that, uh, which is the top 10 in the current FedEx Cup standings, not otherwise exempt. So that'll obviously rotate throughout the year. The swing five, which is the top five point earners between those signature events because there's kind of mostly a cadence of two on three off two like there's kind of that cadence and then uh top 30 in the owgr and all tournament winners from the current season will also be able to get it yeah first off i think we should have a t-shirt made for us for saying the next four (laughs) (laughs) the core four four. well we were actually talking about this last week where You know, the whole storyline in Greensboro was making the 70. But it was floated at a dinner table, which I thought was pretty clever, that, you know, just making the Memphis event was one thing. But the higher you could ascend up the field last week, the more it put you in position. And and it was sort of the number of 40 was pitched there because, like, if you're 40th going into this event, you can't really play your way out of the BMW and hence the, uh, the, the top 50. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think the top 50 is a big deal. It's a reward for a heck of a season. That next year, it, it all sort of makes sense right now. Uh, just with that swing stuff, though, we've got that run that Kyle was talking about where you've got those three massive events in a row. And there's going to be stuff lost in the wash there. But the truth is, you're always going to have situations like that. Um, it, it does feel, in a way, that this was cobbled together really quickly. Um and we'll see how the whole thing shakes out. But look, we're in the 17th season, I think it is, of the playoffs now, um, the FedEx Cup playoffs. And they've gone through iterations in the first few years. And now they're onto something that it seems to be working. They're identifying a good, a good player to win. They'll still be critics. But there'll always be this influx. And I would hazard a wager right now that next year this time, we'll be talking about a situation that those qualifying criteria may be different. Uh, I'm... I'm in fact, I'm pretty certain of that. So to put a real world example on this, um, so the, the season will start the century. That's a signature event. Then there will Siggy. be the Siggy, the century Siggy. Then there will be three events that are non-signature events. The Sony Open, the American Express, and the Farmers. The best five point earners who are not otherwise exempt for those during that stretch of three will get into the signature event of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. That is, uh, that's actually my favorite part of this. I, I like the idea of these little sprints where if you can get hot for two or three weeks at a time, you can make a lot of money, a lot of points. We we see that. I, I actually like this. There's a lot of ways to... to Honestly, there's a lot of ways to sell this. You sell this, you know, swing five sponsorship for whatever, and you're keeping track of leaderboards and this, that, and the other thing. It makes little segments within the larger season because the season's really long. I like this. Yes, I'm with you. And it's going to force guys who have not been playing well, Justin Thomas for argument's sakes, to play more than I think what 
what he was expecting because you can set yourself up for the rest of the season with a run, you get in one, and then you have a big finish because there are tournament winners, correct, that get in. Mm-hmm. My question is, what is, and I'm going to go there, what's the FedEx Cup points breakdown in these events? Is it expanded? Because this will be to me like what the World Golf Championships were, where if you were in those things inside the top 64, it was basically perpetuating itself. And once you were in, it was hard to get out because you were earning these points with no cuts. And if you were out, it was super hard to get in. It was like pulling chicken's teeth to get into one of these events if you weren't inside the top 64 in the rankings. The FedEx Cup points for the signature events have been increased. So 700 for the winner. Patrick, do you know? does that mean the, the regular ones are going to stay at 500? Correct. That, that's our assumption. Okay, and the and the alternate field are going to stay at three hundred. Three hundred, yeah. Or the uh, they call them additional events now. I actually, I I think I don't think those should exist. I haven't thought they should existed for a while. Come but on, I, man! I they're, they're they're coming to Dirty Myrtle this year. Okay, so there are a couple of new events. Myrtle Beach, Patrick. Yeah, but that Wait. should be that should be oh. showcased as its own. Uh, no, we, it should not. <laughs> can we stay on the FedEx Cup points for a second? All right. Yes. So. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say about it. Perfect. So no, 700 for the signature event, 500. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. This is what I was going to say. It's somebody, somebody did this whole spreadsheet and tweeted it at me and it was really interesting, but it's preposterous that you get as many points for winning the Barracuda as you do for finishing like fourth at the open, the open championship. You're like saying those are, those are way more for finishing fourth at the open. Yes. What's harder to do? Win the Barracuda or finish fourth at the open? So what's your proposal? But you're the guy who always talks to me about strength of field. What's your proposal? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, the oh. open strength of field. What if what if every player, based on their play, based on their ranking, whatever, was assigned a number of FedEx Cup points? So John Rahm is worth 50 points. So if he's in your field. Now that's 50 points in the pool. And that's Rory, the world, that's the world ranking now, isn't it? Sure. Cool. So do it for FedEx Cup points, right? So it would be it would be strength of field related within your own ecosystem. Yeah, but to Mark's this is where it gets hard because Mark's right. You can't it, like you can't have a system where the same 50 guys stay in it every where there's no churn, right? Like that's the whole point of all right. Uh having a merit. Do what I just said, but flip it. And now John Rahm's worth one. What, I don't know. I, I'm not smart enough to understand so that. So now, so now Griffin <laughs> is worth more FedEx Cup points. So the weaker fields are worth more FedEx Cup points. Well, so we, we had this discussion. When Wait, the idea what? came back. <laughs> okay. So You've broken me, Rick. You've broken you my brain. To incentivize. The best players go in different places, and you need to incentivize the fact that there, there needs to be more churn and that these 50 guys can't just protect their own points by always playing together. So if the Barracuda was worth a 1,000 FedEx Cup points, one, you'd get more churn, or Rory McIlroy would show up. Yeah, but then he would be incentivized to play the Barracuda over the Open Championship. No, he would not. Because well, I mean, he wouldn't get money. If he, what if you inverse if you inverse the money and the FedEx Cup points, right? So if you play over here, you're going to get a lot of money opportunities. You play over here, you're going to get a lot of FedEx Cup points opportunities. Hey, Rick. Rick, I'm Rick you lost win- me, man. I'm Rick. I'm- <laughs> I'm- Rick. Rick, 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 Rick. I've heard a rumor that Andy Kazder is stepping down at the tour. I mean, there might be a position open there with the. You I don't. Know. I don't, I don't give I don't me a for a rumor. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I don't I don't know. The math on it is 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 very difficult because you 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 can't you can't have a situation where finishing fourth at the open is worth fewer FedEx Cup points than winning the Barracuda. That can't happen. Agreed. Like that go ahead, Patrick. No, I was just gonna say we kinda we touched on the churn when this news came out, whenever it was with the you know, we, we said it is Seamus Power a part of the churn. Uh but to Mark's point, it is almost like a closed door into these signature events where 
the world ranking says, right, we've had that debate before, which is more difficult winning a 30-man field of really good players or a 150-man field of just average players. World ranking says the average player field is more difficult, and that's what these guys have to go through in order to get into the signature events So that are worth more FedEx Cup points. So they're, if you're out outside the top 50, it, I don't want to say you're screwed, but you're close to it, and it makes this week that much more important. Well, here's here's the thing, Rick, and then we can we can go to break after this. But uh, Josh, as Josh is begging yeah, for a break, <laughs> yeah, he's beating down the door. You, maybe you make it to where it's like maybe it's like relegation. Like, hey, if you're not in the top, no matter like maybe you have separate point structures, right? Where it's like, okay, well, the uh, the Siggies are this, and everything else is this, and the bottom twenty at the or whatever. I, I don't know. I'm like making this up off, off the top of my head, but the bottom whatever in the Siggies gets replaced by all these guys that played in the other events. And so you keep the churn, but you maintain the, um, you're not incentivizing the top players to go play all these other events to try to collect points. If that makes sense. Well, relevation is what Liv is, do- Liv is doing next season or something, aren't they? Mm-hmm. I yeah. saw that. I saw there's a green zone, a yellow zone and a red zone. Right. Patrick Ooh, traffic stuff. Oh, yeah. so if, if Brooks finishes in the bottom five, he's relegated? Yeah, I don't think I'm that's how it works. Captains are exempt from the relegation. <laughs> well, it's Captains, fake relegation. That's not real. Brothers are exempt from relegation. Sure, of Everyone course. Everyone knows that. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to continue this conversation, believe it or not, and we have to give our bets and one-and-done selections for a large purse at the FedEx St. Jude Championship. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And we're back. Uh, quickly, Patrick, there is that new event, the Myrtle Beach Classic. Dunes, Golf, and Beach, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, for the first time. It will run opposite of the Wells Fargo Championship. Hat tip to the guys down at Myrtle. Yeah, I- I'm. I don't really have a lot to say about Myrtle Beach. I-, I haven't had the best experiences there in my lifetime. So very excited for them. A big golf destination. Um, big week for the Carolinas that week. Mm. And um, yeah, good luck Patrick, to them. Patrick, when I saw the schedule, I was like, Myrtle Beach? Yeah, it's in the CBS window. I'm like, yeah, we can hang out. And then I saw, no, it's an opposite event to Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> the... Patrick might be calling it for all we know. <laughs> oh, God. N- n- based on my experience there, I'll be lucky if I'm allowed back in town. <laughs> <laughs> there By the is way, actually one event. Go ahead, Kyle. I'm well, you go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll go after you. I was just going to say there is one event that is not even on the schedule yet. There is a, a TBA event running opposite of the Scottish open. So I was going to ask you KP, like where, where do you want to go? Maybe we could, maybe we could provide some influence here. It's an opposite field event. Yeah. Opposite field. Go to, go to do something crazy. Like go to abandon or go play, um, Bally Bunyan. Like go sure. just get everybody to the UK. Listen, uh, and that's one one critique. I, I didn't mention this on on Twitter, but one critique I have is, man, use the use the uh, what's it called strategic alliance. Mm-hmm. Use it. It's 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 if if all it results in is the Scottish Open like being co-sanctioned, then I I, I don't know. Like make it. A- I, Joel Beal wrote about this during the Open Championship. Make it a full European swing. Go to go to Scotland. Go to Ireland. Go to you know, do a bunch of stuff over there. That would be that would be invigorating. That would be amazing. I want to say this after having been in Scotland. Um, those events broadcasting them to a United States audience with basically a crew that's European over there and a few of us just slot in is super difficult. Um, it really, really is hard to pull all thing off. Not the streaming of the footage and stuff like that, but just the management of the ground crew, um, our production crew working with their camera folks and stuff like that. It is 
it has its challenges behind the scenes that people don't realize about. And then as soon, as soon as there's a misstep, then Twitter rips whoever the folks yeah. are. Mark, we don't need your we don't need your broadcast logic here. Sure. Right, so, we, hey, we that's won't a, just be angry. Logic in facts has it's <laughs> left the window. Hey, Rick, 20, 25 minutes ago. <laughs> Rick, that's what the money's for. That's what the money's for. Uh, <laughs> yeah. last, last thing, uh, Phoenix not being a signature event bothers me. I, I understand what you're saying, Patrick, but you know, to me, it's like play the hits. You know, Phoenix is is one of your. It, it, to me, it, it represents, it, it's awesome. You know, we've all like been there and seen it. And it's just, it's such a, it's such a cool event. And I think it represents everything that you want the PGA tour to, to be in its regular season and to, to relegate it. And it, there's probably a million reasons why it is not a signature event, but I just think that's a miss on the tour's part to not kind of showcase that as one of your preeminent tournaments. Well, do you think it is so good it just doesn't need that status? Sure, but I don't. I don't know why you wouldn't like. Why do we need to make the RBC Heritage happen and and not the Phoenix Open? You know, like and and I get it. There's probably sponsor reasons, there's money reasons. There's yep. there's a ton of reasons for it. But I'm just saying, as a fan, that's not a better product to me than. Uh, than them making Phoenix like one of the eight most important events. I tend to agree. I think you should make your biggest events as big as possible and see what happens as opposed to just trying to get everything even, Steven. All right, let's talk about FedEx St. Jude. Uh, we've already discussed a lot of the storylines and implications for getting into the top 50. A couple of question marks. Uh, well, first off, we're not going to get a defending champion. Will Zalatoris is still recovering from his injury, hopefully to be back here shortly. Hello, Mark. My boss said to me, because uh, sometimes we do little whole features on CBS's uh, social media, they've put a plaque down on the right side of 11 Green, where oh, his man. ball was bouncing around the place. So I'm going to go and take a picture of that and talk about it uh, before the broadcast. I love that. But now now technically, if I want to recreate that shot, I can't, right? Because that plaque is, or is it, in the, is it in the grass? No, it's in the grass, but you've got to drop the ball around there a few times so it ping-pongs and hopefully stays up. Yeah, Perfect. That's awesome. I love that. Uh, also, Patrick, uh, Tom Kim, hurt, not hurt? What, what Do we have any idea? Is this going to be a 69-player field by the time we, we kick off on Thursday? He tore the ligament in his ankle on during Open Championship Week, but finished runner-up. The guy's been trending in the right direction here. Yeah, I, I'd even pitch that one to Mark. I know his brother was talking to him on the broadcast over the weekend. He didn't sound too confident. He said hopefully a handful of times. You know, hopefully he'll be out there. Hopefully he can go play. Um, so I think – his status is really up in the air, but wow. I mean, he's got four guaranteed days. There's no cut. Like we said, for the first time at this event to, on a bum ankle, that, that can be tough work. So I'm not sure if Mark has any additional well, insight into that. Uh, no real additional insight talking to us during the break. He didn't sound that bad about it. He sounded okay. like he was all right. Um, but the thing is you tee off, you play a little bit, you just kind of get the rust off. And if it's bum, then you pull out, he's into BMW anyway. So, so it's essentially just making sure your 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 ticket's kind of rolling. I think I think he more wants just a little playing time b before, you know, we we reach the end of the season. Because where's he on the rankings right now? He's inside the top thirty, right? Well, I can check for you. Yeah, um, the, the other thing to consider here, KP, and this is probably going to be the last time we see it. The the um, the composition of this field is interesting. Tom Kim is fourteen. The composition of this of this field is interesting because you have guys like Taylor Montgomery who did all their work in the fall and have mm -hmm. done nothing since. Hayden Buckley hasn't played since Travelers, right? And and he got kind of got off to a hot start. Then you've got guys like Lucas Glover who more conventionally, at least in this era, got hot late and are making a run. But I'm not sure we're going to see a lot of those guys. I mean, you, you can't do your work in the fall anymore. Your your fall is now January. I think next year you're going to get 70 guys that are overall in better form just because of the way it's going to have to work. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the what's Seamus Power? I mean, I know we were joking about it earlier, but he was in the top 10 in the FedEx Cup for like seven months. 29th. 
Yeah, and it's like, well, have have you seen Seamus Power on a leaderboard recently? Maybe you have. I I, I haven't. Uh, so yes, I think that is. Listen, Rick, you and I are on the same page of less is more, <laughs> like a lot less would be a lot more. And I think it's a version like next year is a version of that, of there's still the same number of events, but it's a, it's a, it's a con- more concentrated window for the FedEx cup, which is a good thing. Seamus power does not have a top 10 in 2023. Yeah. And he's 29. That's not great. <laughs> not uh let's talk about some names we are gonna take our hundred dollars to whichever sports book wants to pay us the most maybe it's espn now maybe i don't know we are open and we are available baby so we're gonna take our money wherever we want and we're gonna find fifty dollars to put on a matchup 30 on a finishing position 10 each on two separate outrights josh please reveal the oh there they are I like when they're still yellow, Patrick, because usually in five or six days, they're all red. Yeah, especially mine. Um, But I'll kick things off. I think I got a good one here. I found this one at uh, a very established book, and it's Russell Henley minus 120 over JT Post and two guys playing great golf, but I like Henley on this course a little bit more. He's the most accurate driver in this field. TPC Southwind, you really got to strike your ball around. He's a better ball striker than Poston, so I'm going to go with him at minus one. Hey, Patrick, Russell just texted me about 20 minutes ago. He's like, "Dude, why did you jinx me?" Yeah, I actually answer um, answer answer for your <laughs> sense. Mark. No, he, don't he did, don't dangle did, that carrot. In front I know, of me. He, did te- he did text me, and I was uh, it was a like another little inside joke, but no, you didn't. Let him let him know. I played with uh, a couple caddies who said he was the best putter they have ever seen uh, on Cuba you, Sunday. You ought to see him hit. Seriously, Russell Henley over JT posted for Patrick Mark. Who's your matchup, please? I'm going over a hit. I'm going with a hitter over another very consistent one. And it's just this, this for me and Eric Cole. I know it's the first time in the playoffs. I know it's the first time in Memphis. Um, but he's a South Florida boy. He's good on Bermuda, much like a Daniel Berger, who's had a lot of success around this golf course. Eric is playing great. He's been solid the whole season. The guy seems like he's got energy for ages. Hardly ever takes time off. And he play, he's been playing beautifully the last few weeks. So I feel like, um, you know, he's got a point to make leading into the playoffs. He's got a lot to play for. Um, so I like him at plus 125 over J. Rose. Uh, Steven Yeager over Benny on for me. Even money there. He's just been very, very consistent. And KP, do you what happens when you do this? When you go against when you go against the guy, is this allowed? Well, apparently it is. Uh, I, I don't like is Spieth good right now? No, I don't think so. I don't either. He's fine. Nick, He's not Nick, bad. Decky wasn't that great last week either. I must tell no, you. No, that's that's true. He missed he, the cut he, last week. He's but... around with wedges. He shows up on the range with like five wedges all the time. <laughs> I don't know what the guy's thinking. I really don't. He tried out. He tried out ten different driver heads like Friday night at Oak Hill. Yeah, it's crazy. And, he had a, and it's like in the middle, he's a nut job. Uh, like, oh, why does my back work? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But that's what uh, but yeah, I've got Hideki over speed. He, uh, Hideki has actually been pretty good this summer. If you look at some, uh, his finishes over the last basically two, two and a half months until that miscut at winter. So he plays great here. He finished uh, second, I believe, last time he played back in 2021. Didn't play last year. Was he hurt last year, Rick? I think he was. Decky? Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. I think that was during that stretch. He was d- dealing with the next stuff. Sure, which has been like the last seven years. But um, yeah, I like him over speed this week. Finishing positions. Any finishing position that we want. There are three top 20s and there is a top 30. So let's go with that one, Mark. Top 30, please. Yeah, it's look, when you get to... I've been betting top 40s a bunch. I've sort of had middling success, I would say. Um, but now it's kind of the... I wouldn't say the best of the best, but it's a really strong field. And um, a top 30, I think you're playing pretty solid. So I'm going with Kashmir Keith, a Georgia boy, likes Bermuda, drives it great. Won't have to wear Kashmir because Memphis cooks. Um, and he's been playing solid. So Mitchell, Keith Mitchell for a top 30, plus 120. Patrick, please. Uh, Nick Taylor, top 20, four to one. 
He is not a Georgia boy. He is from Canada. But I was looking at his stats. He either misses the cut or finishes inside the top 20. And there's no cut this week. So I'm thinking he has to finish inside the top 20 at 4-1. to one. He is a self-proclaimed top five Mario Kart player in the world. That can't be right, can it? I mean, I know he plays Mario Kart, but he can't be. You have to practice so much to be top five. All the shortcuts, all, no. all the tricks and trades. No, he couldn't possibly. No. I mean, just go on YouTube for like five seconds. These guys are very serious about stuff like that, and they spend like eight hours a day playing, if not more. I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's like one of the best non-serious Mario Kart players there is. He might be like top five on the tour on the PG, like of all golfers everywhere. Maybe I'll even say he might be top five of all athletes everywhere, but he is. Uh, these guys are for real. That's kind of yeah. like me on my couch on Sunday. Like someone will miss the green. And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I could do that. Right. Like, come sure. on guys. <laughs> sure. He has, uh, he um, does have a, he has a head cover. Yes, Mario Kart head cover. cover. Yeah. I think he's got, I think he's got a head cover and a putter cover or something like that. He's like very, very, very into it. Uh, KP, you're going right back to Russell Henley. I am. Uh, Russell Henley, top 20. He's got uh, nine top 20s in his last 12 starts, which is remarkable. So if he finishes in the top 20, is he get a Radica pick? I mean, I'm I'm shot to <laughs> shot here. You can you can talk me into and out of anything after every single shot over the next three weeks. I think that's a very good bet. Um, I chat with him after last week. Uh, my my follow-up to the first question was, Look, you've got to be feeling good about the playoffs. And he said, mm, game's solid. Everything's working well. Rolling it well. He referenced the putter. And so, yeah, I think that's a very good bet. Plus 130 for Russell Henley. Since the Players' Championship, which was in March, the fourth best putter in this field is Emiliano Grillo. That's, yeah, that's crazy. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Figured it out. Oh, by the way, still very good. In the ball striking categories, top 20 for me, plus 190, Emiliano Grillo. Outrights. And what could possibly go wrong with this? The th three of us have found the same outright. Patrick, you and I are in lockstep, which actually, that does that usually does work out. We've had a pretty good track record of that. Mark, you are the most unique one. So let's start with you and get your two outrights, please. Well, I uh, hope Colin Marikawa doesn't win because I'm going to be using him next week in one and done. Um, I am going with Scheffler just because this golf course is very small greens, not a whole lot of movement on them. They're fairly flat. Uh, it asks you to be a really good greens and regulation kind of a guy. That is his calling card. Um, it's again, Bermuda grass off the fairways. So understanding how to play that stuff, I think is advantageous. So Scheffler is the favorite. I know it's a short number, but Scheffler always shows up when conditions are difficult. And then Ben Arn, and that's just on the heels of, what is a really solid season. Um, you know, I've been paying attention. Then I got to watch him yesterday afternoon. Um, no, sorry, Sunday afternoon. And he's driving it a ton. I mean, he's going to the driver every single time. Does not carry a three wood. He does have a one iron in the bag. He hits like 285. Um, and he's striking it great. He's gone to that long putter like Lucas Glover and like Adam Scott. And he's rolling the thing fine. So I think Ben Arn, in fact, I'm going to talk about it in a bit. It took a lot for me to turn my eyes away from him and one and done this week because that, that's how solid he looked last week to me. We, we, we'll let you change if you want. No, that's all right. Thanks. Okay. That would have been a oh, move. God. Yeah. Panic City. Yeah, yeah. That would have been amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, we got time. We'll try to talk you into it. Uh, Patrick, Kyle, and I have all spent one of our outright positions on Colin Morikawa. KP, would you like to lead the charge there? I'll just, I'll cede my time to Patrick. Patrick, you speak for me. Thank you, Kyle. And I, I would love to give it back to Rick. Um, <laughs> he is statistically still one of the best players in the world. He is the, the third best approach player in the world. If you just wipe away his finishing positions and his name from his stat profile, it is just as good as it's ever been. Uh, it's coming. This, this rubber band is about to snap. Next yeah. week. Next week. I also had Sam Burns, Patrick. All, so did you. I will cede my time to you. <laughs> Damn. Damn it. Uh, yeah, Sam Burns, and I think we're still in SEC country. Y worth a bet at that point. Second in 2021. Most strokes gained at this course over the last two years. 
found a little something at Sedgefield, momentum player, one of the best putters in the world. I'll go with Burns at 35. Potential Ryder Cupper, Kyle. Sam you know, Burns. you know who also loves uh, loves putting on Bermuda grass. Danny McCarthy, Danny, oh, Danny, Brendan Todd, and Sam Burns. Yeah, do they have Bermuda grass at Marco Simone? Ooh, I'll get some, see if we get some delivered. Uh, KP, your other outright is who, please? Matty Fitzpatty, uh, three top sixes in his last four starts at TPC Southwind. Different, different tournament than it used to be, but he played well at this golf course. Not playing great overall right now, but at forty to one, I, I felt like it was worth the fire. That is Morikawa, 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 Burns, Burns, Fitzpatrick on Scheffler for the outrights. Our bonus bets, the little best bets, fifty extra bucks on anything. Oh, Mark, this is what you were alluding to, I think, isn't it? Yep, I had to use them somewhere else. Ben on top South Korean two plus two seventy five. There's four of them, and by far and away, I think he is the the the, the strength of the bunch right now. Just the way he's playing. The others are off the top of my head: Sung J M, yeah, uh, Tom Kim, Tom Kim, and Si Woo. Si Woo Kim four Ben on top South Korean plus two seventy five. KP, you found a little extra double down on Colin Morikawa. Yeah, I've been just destroying in uh, in the best in the money ball, the best bet. Uh, I'm down 40, 43% on the year. It's solid. Yeah. I love Morikawa this week. I'm I'm with you, Rick. Like he's he's been I looked it up today. Uh, since January one, he's top five in in T to green play. That's that's you can't fake that, right? Like he he's he's you you can't you can't make that number up. So the, the finishes don't look great, but I, I believe that he's playing good golf. I agree with you. Um, I also owe Josh a, an apology here because I actually uh, put one best bet in and then switched it. So you actually get a little bonus here. Sam Ryder top 30 was my original best bet. Plus 220. He's been playing well. Had like a seventh two weeks ago, 30-something last week. I switched it though because I saw that they released the win the FedEx cup odds and Scotty Scheffler was plus 480. And I was like, you should just smash smash Scotty Scheffler finishing yes. winning the FedEx cup at plus 480. So I don't know how you want to do that, Josh. If you want to, I mean, you can count my updated one for the standings. That's fine. We won't get a resolution on it though for asterisk a couple of weeks. Yeah. You can put an asterisk next to it. Asterisk. <laughs> put their race spot. Uh, Patrick, you have turned over a new leaf. It's nice to see. And you got four out of five or five out of six last week. Four out of five. And four out of five. I'll be honest with you. This was my original play, but I too switched it oh. in the rundown. Hey Josh, you, you got to wait to the show, man. You can't, you can't try to get a jump on things. Because Brian Harmon, I listened to his press conference. He, he said he's going to be trying to shake off some rust here first couple days it it scared me so my new best bet new panic money pick. ball <laughs> panic pick shout out mark Patrick's, he knows, a, he knows all about that in one and done positivity panic parlay <laughs> yes the, the quad peas i'm going a top 10 parlay with colin morikawa and tommy fleetwood at 11 to 1 there that you go. is this week's patrick's positive positivity parlay yes and that will will that get you even if you win this oh in the black yeah. easy yeah and if this doesn't work you got two more weeks mm -hmm. there, there she is go. good job josh there you go now we are officially updated we are making a lot of last minute uh updates to our best bets because we are panicking one final thing to do, $3.6 million on the line. Mark is trembling in his boots. He's probably going to pick Ben on. We will find out after a quick word from our partners. And we're back. Josh, don't show, don't show the board just yet. Um, I am laughing at the comments right now. <laughs> all, all the folks commenting on uh, me panic picking and stuff. So, so Mark, I want to get, I want to pick into your brain a little bit here because, uh, back at the RBC heritage, which was 16 events ago, 
you had earned $14.5 million. What was your confidence level back back after Matt Fitzpatrick won you the full share? How confident were you that you were going to win this one and done? You know what, Rick? I choose not to look for the finish line. I just look at the next game. You know, next game up, next guy up. I was trying to yeah. stay where my feet are, being yeah. present, you know, stay in the middle of the center of, of, of my existence. So I wasn't thinking ahead. I was just trying to make the correct pick at the right time. <laughs> So from the Tournament of Champions to the RBC Heritage, Mark made $14.5 million. Since then, in the last 16 events, he's made $2.2 million. Mark, how confident are you feeling right now in this one and done? Uh, it's, I've thought about it some, I'll be honest with you. Um, but look, there's still a lot of golf to play for. And like I said to you guys, I was sort of lining up what I thought were some smart picks for these last three events where there's big money. So we'll see. Certainly big money on the line. Everybody within arm's reach. Josh, let's see what we've decided. I can't believe I got duped. All right. Uh, KP, speaking of panicking, <laughs> <laughs> who have you chosen for the one and done this week? I mean, it's just panic city over here. Uh, Cam Davis, two straight top tens. I didn't really have anybody left. I, th I guess I'll take Rory next week because it does me no good to take him at the Tour Championship. Uh, it was between Cam and I think Hideki for me, and I just went with Cam Davis. Uh, Patrick, you had yourself a decent week with Russell Henley. Last week, you have lone wolfed it this time around. Who is it? Tony Tone. Mr. Fee now. T5 last year. He got hot. You pan out long-term numbers are great. He found a little something there at the three M open. He's won a playoff event before. Technically he's a past champion of this event. If you want to technically true, if you want to jump through those hoops. So I'm going with big tone to get me to 13 million dollars this is like when a when a sports franchise moves but keeps the keeps the history this kept the northern trust history mm -hmm. which is truly bizarre but that is true greg did the one step ahead one step ahead thing kyle yeah. says well i can't play rory at the tour championship so i gotta play him next week and greg says well i can't play rory at the tour championship because mark will and i can't play him at the at, I can't play him next week because Kyle will. So I'm going to play him this week. That's who Greg has. Rory McIlroy by himself. Sharp. Sia has Colin Morikawa. The fans, the fans, the fans have fans. Terrell Hatton for this week. Kyle M and I, which I'm, I'm not happy that Kyle M has the same person that I do because I cannot pass him, but he has been hot and I'm happy to track Mark down with Kyle. We have both got Sam Burns, and we are within striking distance, Mark. Who will you use in Memphis this week? I'd said this a few weeks ago. I'm going with Victory Hovland. Um, I, did, I did think for a little while, I'll be honest with you, the last couple of days after um, watching Ben on, Lucas Glover was fantastic last week too, and he's not going away. He's, I spoke with him off the air, and he was like, this putter has breathed new life into me. He's a different guy, and the way he hits it for this golf course – with all the confidence and putting well, he wasn't too bad an option either. But uh, I, I'm, I'm going with the guys I've saved. Uh, I was going to use Hovland at the Open, but that I made a change there, uh, which was, wasn't the smartest thing ever. But um, <laughs> maybe I was panicking back then. But Hovland, I, I'm confident. Good ball striker, small greens. Uh, it really improved the pitching under the council of Joe Mayo. So around the greens, he's a lot better. And, and he Played his college career on Bermuda grass on the green. So uh, I think he'll be comf comfortable around this place. Kyle M just 1.1 million behind. I'm just 1.9 behind the fans about 2 million behind. So there are, there are permutations Mark in which you wake up on Monday morning, <laughs> no longer atop this board. Well, Yes, and I've said it. I'm going to use Marikawa next week at a U.S. Open-style course, and he's a U.S. Open-style player. And so I was sort of vacillating between he and uh, Victor. But I've got Colin and Rory left, so bring it on. Let's see where, where the chips shake out. Okay. For those just listening at home, Mark, 16.8 million. Victor Hovland. Kyle M, 15.6. Sam Burns. Rick, 14.9. Sam Burns. The fans, 14.7. 
Terrell Hatton. Sia, 12.5. Colin Morikawa. Greg, 11.4. Rory McIlroy. Patrick, 10. Tony Finau. Kyle, 9.4. Cam Davis. It's going to be a... It's going to be a hot one. I need, to, <laughs> I, need to, I need to favorite these names on my PGA Tour leaderboard, so we're ready. Ready for Thursday morning. Yeah. You don't need a favorite Tony, so he'll be right at the top. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll move you to what? Sixth? Uh, Patrick could get right to... There. Yeah, Patrick could get Sia, depending on what happens. God, Patrick and I are getting just murdered. Whoa, 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 whoa. Ten, I'm in. I got ten billion. Copies. He doesn't want to yeah. be with you. <laughs> you're you're a lot closer to me than you are to Greg, Patrick. Don't tell me that. <laughs> that's that's true. All right, gents. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Go Victor Hovland. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, round by round recaps. No cut to be had. And $3.6 million up top. Hey, what's the purse for the tour championship, please? Let's let's settle on this now. 25 mil is what I we saw have, earlier. We have, this, this, has, this has not changed. So here's what it is. This has always been double the purse of Memphis. Memphis. So the winner will get $7.2 million. Now, the caveat is, of course, we use the we use the strokes. That's yeah. Good for you, Mark. Yeah. Well, it's it's good for me in a way, but I kind of hope Rory's going to play well the first two events, but not too well. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, come on, Rory. That's why I've saved Brian Harmon all year. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there. I mean, he's gonna. It's yeah. Yeah. If you good. get somebody who can start in the top five, you great. Yeah, you're in good shape. Yeah. Well, that McElroy came from what? He was six or seventh. He's the seventh. He was seventh. Yeah. Yeah. And then it started with a triple on the first hole. Ten. Yeah. God, that's wild. Yeah. I can't believe you. I can't believe you won last year. Crazy, wasn't it? Sheffler just fell over in front of him on the final day. Seventy-three. That was bad. That was bad. All right. Well. We'll see you all on Thursday. Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. You can find Patrick McDonald on Twitter slash X at amateur status. Mark at Mark underscore Immelman. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.